Welcome to a new edition of the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino. On this episode, we talk with creator of MindAid and mental health advocate Matthew Dixon. He led an average childhood, and during his university years, unbeknownst to him, he was developing schizophrenia. It took him 27 years, but he successfully recovered from it, and now he helps other people with mental illness, primarily in developing countries. He allows people access to basic mental health care at www.mindaid.com. CA. MindAid steers people towards seven nonprofits using models of basic mental health care, which are low cost, proven effective, and scalable. Highlights of Matthew's inspirational story include bicycling across Canada and successfully recovering from schizophrenia. Enjoy this interview. Hey, thanks for taking a minute out to the show. I appreciate it. No problem at all. <laughs> so, before we get into your life, I kind of want to get into first, you know, kind of the last few years plus we've gone through COVID. And I'm curious how you survived through that time period and how it changes the way that you live and conduct business now that we're kind of coming out of it. Uh, when COVID happened, uh, I was <clears throat> late 40s, had been fighting through schizophrenia for many years since I was 22. Uh, with schizophrenia, I'd improved weekly for 27 years. And when uh, COVID hit, I... Uh, I said, no, I, uh, I've been through so much, and I could see the light at the end of the tunnel in my recovery, and I did not want the, I didn't want it to rain on my parade. <laughs> so I turned off, the first couple weeks of lockdown in early 2020, I followed the news for a while until I learned what the this new world we were entering involved with masks and staying at home and washing groceries, that sort of thing. And anyway, then I just turned off the news. I didn't watch it as much. I kept, you know, I learned, if things change, I learned what I had to do. But I started watching comedies. I turned the TV on and started watching more comedies because I said I needed to laugh. I, I've been through so much uh, suffering with schizophrenia. I needed, uh, I needed someone to make me laugh. So that was one of my coping mechanisms. And I kept improving. I kept improving. I learned all sorts of mental health tricks and mindset tricks to uh, get me better from hundreds of books I read. And so COVID didn't really affect me too much. I kept improving. I, I, it really didn't bother me a whole lot. I, and I'm very lucky for that. Earlier on in my recovery, I would have been a lot worse off because of COVID, like many other people. But I was very thankful it happened way, way, way into my recovery. So I, yeah, and then on fe uh, February 11th, 2021, my, symptom, my symptoms just stopped. And I'm still on medication. I still take my pills for schizophrenia, but I, I'm feeling pretty good. And I have uh, peace and contentment. I have thoughts that have periods at the end of them, not, not run on sentences for all day long. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah, so it it wasn't really. I sort of I, I knew that COVID would eventually end or die down, whatever. Because I mean, we're we're not dealing with a black plague from four hundred four hundred years ago, whenever that was. And you Google viruses, they all come to an end. Uh, I think the last twenty of them uh, of the last thousand years, whatever it's been. The, I think the longest one was like ten or twenty years or something. Most of them fell in the two or three year category. Some were one year, some were five or seven years. So I said, well, it'll end eventually. I've been through worse. So I just tried to carry on with my usual stuff and uh, watching comedies. <laughs> That's wonderful. So 
you know, to get kind of a handle on exactly what you do for a living, well, I'm going to put you in front of a bunch of third graders at a career day, and one of them asks you, what do you do for a living? How would you answer that child? I help people with mental illness in developing countries get access to basic mental health care. So when you were a kid, when you were in the third grade, what was your dream growing up? What did you want to be? I didn't have a whole lot of dreams. Uh, maybe architects. I don't know. I, play, I played with Lego a lot. Um, I didn't, I've never really had a whole lot of focus ever in my life or uh, career. I never really felt pulled in, it, in any one direction. I was a straight-A student. I could have done lots of things, but I never, never felt any career direction pulled. But when I got schizophrenia, that I had one singular goal, and that was to get my life back, to get my health back, to feel good again. I didn't like feeling that kind of pain. And that took, you know, pushing 30 years to, to get back to myself again. Uh, but my heart went out to people with mental illness in developing countries, uh, war-torn countries. Uh, it's just, uh, I, was, I lived in eastern Canada. I went through uh, schizophrenia with one of the better healthcare systems in the world, although it needs work. And I felt like I was living in a war zone. And my heart just went out to people who had it way worse than I do. Some people are actually kept in chains in some countries with mental illness, untreated mental illness, tied to a tree, tied to a bed, tied up in the shed, and with poverty, and uh, it's just horrible. But there's ways to help, and I thought, well, for, for years I thought, well, when I get better, I'd like to be able to help other people with mental illness, but I had to work on my own recovery before I took that on. And anyway, so when I learned about... Uh, people helping other people with mental illness in developing countries. I thought, well, I should probably help people who need it the most. So that's what I'm doing. My website is the world's first website with all the groups helping the cause of mental illness in developing countries on one site. There are groups helping the, the, the websites. They're scattered across the web. And my site's a simple curation site, but it's, uh, it's starting to gain some traction, and I'm hoping that more people will... Look at these uh, nonprofits that are doing work on the ground. They've been helping thousands of people for years get access to basic mental health care. And I'm just really encouraging people to donate to them and share their posts on social media. A lot of them are on social media sharing regularly. And, yeah, I'd love other people with more clout or more expertise to start up other nonprofits. The, the models of basic mental health care they use are low-cost, proven effective, and scalable and it's, there are millions of people, hundreds of millions of people with no mental health care who right today are sitting there with untreated mental illness. I went through treated mental illness, and it was bad enough. Untreated and in poverty, desperate for someone to help them. I was desperate. I'm like, somebody, please help me. Please, please help me. And it's, it's, it's a feeling of like being circled by sharks in the ocean, and someone comes up to you in a lifeboat, and you're just like desperately, get me out of here. And I'd like to be able to be that lifeboat for other people who are in the ocean right now being circled by sharks. So, you know, obviously helping other people, you know, in going through your own diagnosis and schizophrenia, that's probably been enough. But where did some of these other motivations come from? I mean, that you're, you're obviously, you know, highly driven to get out there and help people. Where did this, where did these happen? Where did these seeds begin for you? Well, growing up, I thought I had a pretty easy childhood, and I, I didn't really, I, I knew, I always knew life could be bad. I knew you could lose your legs, you could become blind, all sorts of things, but I didn't know how bad bad actually is. 
until I went through my own bad, my one experience of bad schizophrenia. And so I, growing up, I never really had a lot. I, I didn't really know many other people who were suffering a whole lot. I knew there were starving children in Ethiopia. I, I've never experienced that. I, you know, it's, but, uh, in, and then when I got sick with schizophrenia, I, my sole focus was on myself. But I started reading books on how to get myself better and how to improve your mind, how to think better, how to psychologically be stronger, mentally stronger, more resilient, more happy in life. And a lot of these books are talking about how helping other people is one of the best things you can do for yourself. Uh, there's an episode of Friends, the TV show Friends, where Phoebe and uh, Joey argue about whether there's a selfless, whether a selfless good deed actually exists in the world. Are you doing it for other people, or, or are you doing it just to make yourself feel better? And I started throughout my well years ago. I started uh, donating to uh, sponsor a child in Ethiopia, and I started donating to causes. Not that I had much money. Uh, I made my website for MindAid, helping people with mental illness in developing countries in 2018. So it was probably just, uh, it's a chicken and egg thing. Why am I doing it? I don't know. It, uh, I think it needs to be done, and I can, and I'm trying. It's good for me. It's good for them. It's, And that's about the extent that I've thought about it, to be honest. Um, you, my intelligence level went down with schizophrenia. I couldn't think properly. I, uh, in some ways, with the disease, you just kind of go you're more on a survival kind of just go, just keep going, keep fighting through this, keep fighting through this. And I haven't really had time to think, to be honest, about the real reasons why I'm doing this. Um, I just know that I, I want to do it. I think I found my life's work in helping people with mental illness, whether this was my decision or whether it was forced upon me by making me mentally ill and then making me better enough to help other people. I don't know. It's uh, I do know that it's just... I don't know. I'm, I'm just, I'm just doing it. <laughs> Who's been a hero for you in your life? So there's a ton of people. Uh, some people that have really stood out, though, for me. Scott Harrison of Charity Water. His story and what he does really inspires me. I've watched many of his interviews on YouTube and trying to learn from him and what he does. He helps people get clean water in developing countries. It's uh, there's a lot of overlaps with what I'm, I'm trying to do. Lila Jana, she passed away recently. Uh, she's got a book called um, uh, uh, Give Work. Uh, it's about how they uh, give, uh, teach people in very poor places uh, basic computer skills, and then they get hired by large companies looking for basic computer work to be done. And she's increasing, or their, her company is now increasing people's incomes by a lot, allowing them to get out of poverty. And her story really resonated with me. Um, rest in peace, Lila. Uh, Jane Goodall is another real role model for me. Uh, she's 80, late 80s and helping people, in the, uh, chimpanzees, the environment, animals. And she just keeps going on uh, speaking and with very little controversy, at least uh, for most of her life, her early days were controversy, but that's long behind her now. And, uh, yeah, I'm just really inspired by her. If I could be someone like her uh, when when I'm that age, uh, helping other people, speaking, I'd be saying, Matthew, good for you. Good for you. Good for you for going out and doing that. So. so how do you quantify a good day? When you get to the end of the proverbial day and you look back on it, how do you say that was a good day? I like it when my uh, the, the work I'm doing with MindAid gets large audiences. That's when I'm very happy. 
and uh, people knowing more about it, and that's that's one of my main things. And the larger the audience, the, the happier happier I am. Other things that make me happy, uh, making somebody laugh, uh, dancing to one of my favorite songs, being out in nature, uh, feeling good, feeling calm. Uh, those are uh, working out. I love exercising. I bicycled across Canada when I was 20 before I got too sick with schizophrenia. I love traveling, exploring. I love meeting people, shaking hands, uh, exchanging ideas, having great conversations. So if you can meet one person alive on the planet right now, who would it be? Who would you love to meet and talk to? That's a tough one. Uh, it's hard to choose. It's really hard to choose one. <laughs> I might you, could pick any, you could pick anyone. It, 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 yeah, anybody that comes to mind. Well, I'll be honest, one person who I've known my entire life or heard of, uh, Buffy St. Marie, famous Canadian, and the singer, folk singer. Uh, I've just, I didn't, to be honest, I didn't know a whole lot about her, and even though she's a famous Canadian icon and a worldwide icon, and I, uh, there's a documentary on her on TV the other day, and I read her biography just recently. Really impressed with, uh, just, she's really inspiring, very inspiring. Uh, she's uh, sort of a new new uh, role model for me these days, so I'll, uh, I'll pick her just for being new. <laughs> sure. So let's say you have a dream tonight and you run into the younger version of yourself, like in your 20s, and you could give that version of you a piece of advice based on the life you've lived, the wisdom you've gained. What would you tell your younger version? Well, my younger version in my 20s was going through the some of the worst things imaginable on the planet. Uh this pain can make people take their life. And I don't care what disease you've got, what situation you're in, but when you start thinking about taking your life, things are pretty pretty bad. And I would encourage that. What I'd say to, that's what I'd say to me in my 20s is, Matthew, I know the pain is really bad right now, but with treatment, it, the pain can often lessen and it can get down to a more manageable level. And when it gets down to that more manageable level, it allows you to carry on for longer, longer than you thought. And I just, uh, I'd want to tell him that, saying, as I know it's bad right now, and it may not, it may be bad for a long time, but it, it can get better. It can get better, and Navy SEALs are taught that they're capable of 20 times more than they think they are. They're, they're shown that in their training. I feel like I was tested in a similar way. I'm no Navy SEAL, but... I was tested. I've done things that I wouldn't even believe I could have done. But when the pain is so bad, when you're first starting out on these paths of mental illness or whatever disease or, or, or trial or tribulation, you're thinking, I don't know how I can do this. For me, it seemed impossible. It, it literally seemed impossible, like being asked to run 100 meters in four or five seconds. The world record is about nine seconds. It, it's not humanly possible to do this. That's how it feels, but that's the way it, it seems. It seems impossible, but you can get through it. These Navy SEALs are, are taken to the brink of physical and mental exhaustion. They're saying, I can't move another inch. I can't move another muscle. And their trainer says, you think you're done? No. You've got 20 times more than you think you've got right now, 20 times more. And they get up and they keep going for hours. They thought they were toast, but they, they're showing that. And I wish more people knew that. It's documented, it's well documented now that 
people who've attempted to take their life and survive, they many of them instantly regret it. Instantly. And I call it hope beyond hope. When you've lost all hope, there are other things inside of you that will carry on, that will just keep you going. When, you, when you've lost all hope, there's hope beyond hope. Hope, uh, it's like an iceberg within you, and it's a vast, vast amounts of resources inside you that you didn't know you have. Um, I read the other, uh, just read today actually in a book that uh, it, it, she worded it like this. Uh, she said, when, when your mind is disconnected and you don't know, you're not thinking straight, you, can't, you don't think you can keep going, remember that your body will. Your body keeps breathing, your heart keeps uh, pumping blood through your body, and it just keeps going. Your mind is disconnected. Your mind isn't showing up for you, but your body will show up for you. I know for other people, their body is a problem, but with mental illness, your head, your, your brain is your problem. Um, so if you've got mental illness, yeah, that's, that's what I'd tell my younger self, just to, to keep going and uh, know that it, uh, it can get better and to hang in there. So everyone out there has a perception of you, your family, your friends, those that you help, but ultimately you live your life. What's your perception of you? Who do you think you are? I like to think of myself as, uh, uh, well, I can list my good points. I've got my bad points, too. <laughs> hmm. I don't know what you should start out with. Um, I, I with, with mental illness, it makes you feel so weak and so inferior and that's been the bulk of my thinking for the last 30 years and to various degrees. But I also know that I'm strong and I try to do the right thing. It's difficult when your brain is running the show, your sick brain is running the show and telling you to do things that you don't want to do and making you do things that you don't want to do. Like when you're drunk and you can't not slurry words, you can't not walk a straight line. And so... I, I I like to think of myself as funny. I've I've had people compliment me on my funniness, on my sense of humor. I that was taken from me throughout my disease. I felt I, I I'm 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 slowly getting that back with my sense of humor. I like to think of myself as an adventurer of sorts, um, athlete. But uh, I don't know. Those words don't really describe me a whole lot. Um, I guess maybe. Just trying to do the right thing, trying to be a good person. Um, that might be more along the lines of um, what I'm trying to do, I guess. It's, uh, but then again, like I've got faults, I, I sometimes do the wrong thing. <laughs> so it's uh, I'm human, like everybody else. Wonderful, Matthew. Hey, thank you for opening up. And before we leave here, if anyone wants to learn more about you and what you're doing to help mental illness and anything regarding your world, where can they go on the web? Go to mindaid.ca, M-I-N-D-A-I-D.ca. That's my website. Every, all my links are there. All my social media handles, I'm on YouTube, TikTok, Pinterest, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and others. And I've got a link. Uh, please, also, please check out, uh, there's a link there to my best mental health tips. And please check those out. It's a list of my top books and articles and resources I've been recommending to people for years. I'm really proud of that. It's 20-plus uh, years accumulation of learning to get all those 
look, uh, get all those books and resources. Please, for people suffering, please check that out. And if you want to help other people with mental illness in developing countries, uh, please scroll through. There's 10 nonprofits you can donate to. Please uh, donate uh, $3 a month, $5 a month, $10 a month, whatever. Uh, share their posts. Make people more aware of uh, some groups like Fine Mind or Strong Minds, Basic Needs US, uh, Tri Global. Tri Global uses trauma recovery yoga in uh, Iraq right now. And they're working in Ukraine too. It's uh, please please scroll through the website and learn more about it. It'll send you off in a bunch of different directions. And I'd really like people to be more educated about mental illness in developing countries. We've been donating to people. We've been sponsoring children, buying goats, buying farming tools, building schools, drilling wells for people for decades. There are ways to help people with mental illness too in those countries. And my website, it's got them as many as I can find, and I keep finding more as time goes on. It's got them all on one site. Wonderful. Matthew, hey, thank you again for opening up. I really appreciate it. Good luck with everything. Thanks so much. Really appreciate you having me on your show. Thanks for tuning in to another famous interview with Joe Domino, where we cover the world of art, literature, business, spirituality, music, mental health, and more from around the globe. If you want to hear more interviews, visit the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino channel on YouTube. You can also find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thanks again for listening, and until next time. <laughs>